Well, Kevin Barker, you said going into tonight's game, first of three against the Yankees, you said going into tonight's game that Ross Stripling's job was one thing and one thing only. <laughs> Do you remember what that was? Keep Trent Thornton out of the game. It worked. <laughs> Unfortunately, now he was up in the bullpen, but Ross got us through that, got us that extra third of an inning there and kept the Trent Thornton monster at bay. Unfortunately, Kevin Barker, unfortunately, Kevin Barker, the Jays lose 3-2. Glaber Torres doing all the damage for the Yankees. And, uh, well, lots of talking points. Stripling, Bo Bichette, a two-hit game, including his third. I had to double-check. That's his third double of the year only. His third double of the year. But um, Bo has come out of it, it looks like. It looks like he's come out of it now. He's hitting three. Uh, three straight, and um, just looks like he's coming out of it a bit. And I guess the first talking point we'll start with, and 590-590 is a text line. I know a lot of you want to weigh in in this. I had people reach out to me in social media about it. Seventh inning, Kevin. Alejandro Kirk draws a leadoff walk, and he's stranded at third after a double by Tyler Heineman into the corner. George Springer comes up and 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 grounds out, and that's it. Now, immediately, of course, everybody's saying, why didn't Charlie put a pinch runner in? And I will admit, Kevin, that was my my first thought. I, I will say this. I don't know, even if you have a pinch runner, if he scores in that double, except you've got to assume with two outs, whoever the hell it is is going to be motoring. Let's say it's Bradley Zimmer. Whoever it is is going to be motoring. But I'm going to leave that aside for a minute, Kevin. In this game, I don't know about you. I've got Espinal and Tapia coming up. I like my chances of one of those two guys making contact if I can put a pinch runner in there. And maybe, I don't know how you feel, but maybe trying to work something that way. How about the ninth inning when Eric Garcia let the leadoff hitter on and Aaron Boone pinch ran for Stanton and bring bring in LeCastro, and you could see what it did to Garcia. Yeah. It broke the rhythm. It broke his timing. He was more thinking about the fast runner at first base than the than the hitter. Now, he got, you know, two outs after that, but he did hang a breaking ball to Torres. Point being is when you got a little bit of speed on the bases, it puts a little pressure. Everybody starts thinking about where you're supposed to be instead of worrying about, you know, making a quality pitch. And for me, we and talked about how th- good You do Ch- have a third catcher. Like, this is the thing I don't get. You do have a third catcher there in Zach Collins. There's there's no reason to not do it, basically. Kirk's DHing. The way Kirk's been DHing, do, do you really have to keep him in the game so he just has to get that extra at bat at the end of the game? Not me. I got a chance right there to put a little pressure on a defense. And an aging defense sometimes don't always make the plays they're supposed to make. You got a little speed on the bench, somebody sitting over there. who's That's his strength. His strength in, in Zimmer is not. You know, his bad, it's about his his legs and, and yeah. running the bases. And if you can put a little pressure on a team, I we talked about how good Charlie's been all year. I, I, I just don't really understand that move. Even, even if even if he doesn't score on the ball that Heineman hit down the right field line, at least it puts a lot of pressure on that guy in the outfield to hit the cutoff guy, the cutoff guy to throw it to the right base, and maybe you get a throwaway. Maybe that's well, what and, speed does. And for me, that was a, a missed yeah, opportunity and- by Charlie. And as I said, Kevin, if you have if you have a if you have a leadoff runner on and he's got some speed, um, I know Rymel Tapia. I mean, he had a difficult night. Jordan Montgomery's probably the last guy he's he he wanted to see. But given how good the bottom of the order is, if I if I've got a fast guy on first base, I like my chances. 
I like my chances with those two guys, and you're absolutely right. Maybe break up the rhythm a little bit. Maybe you you can put put a play on. I don't know. Put a play on whatever. But I just Castro, like my Castro was throwing, Castro was throwing for the Yankees. Throws 99 miles an hour. He could chuck a ball away. He could throw a ball away at first exactly. base. He could do a lot of different things. My point is, my point is, and and you were right about this guy. I wasn't thinking of this at the time, but Alejandro Kirk isn't catching. So like, there's literally no reason for you not to replace him at that point. There's, there's let's no be reason. honest. Let's, let's be no honest. Reason. The only way he's scoring from first, somebody hits a homer. You put a little, you put a little pressure to tie game. You fall back offensively. You, you're not in the flow of the season quite yet. Runners in scoring position. We all seen how the at bats look. Just not getting it done. Whenever you got a chance to put a little pressure on a defense, make the Yankees make plays. Make that pitcher in Castro, who is a can get wild sometimes. He'll he'll chuck some mm-hmm. balls away. What, what if he tries to pick over, throws the ball down the right field line? You got a guy standing on third base and less than two outs. It makes it a little easier now all of a sudden for the bottom of your order to not have to get hits to have a productive at bat. I it, there's unless there's something that we don't know about Zimmer, maybe he's not healthy, maybe he yeah. tweaks something, maybe that's Fair the case. Point. If not, if he's 100%, that for me is a golden opportunity that was missed by Charlie. Uh, the Jays certainly didn't help themselves. They had uh, three double plays. They hit into three double plays. Uh, they were over with runners in scoring position again. But uh, we'd have to talk about Bo Bichette, Kevin. A double, I mentioned his third double of the year, pulls the ball down the line, opposite field single. Look, a lot of talk about Bo Bichette. We interviewed Dante today. Got a lot of play in social media, a lot of people talking about it. I would urge you, if you've not heard it, to listen to it on uh, the Blair and Barker podcast, which you can find wherever you get your favorite podcast. Dante was really good about what he sees as Bo's problem. Got nothing to do with Bo being late, despite what a lot of people are saying. It's got everything to do with the swing path. And that looked, again, looking at what I'm seeing now from Bo, two for four tonight, one for four, two for four in the game before that. You're starting to see, Kevin, a little bit of, 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 of Bo looking a little more like Bo. And even I thought even tonight the body language looked a little better, right? I don't know how, what you were seeing, but I, I saw a, a better body language from Bo. Look how he plays defense. When you start getting hits, I've told you this. Yeah. You, you, when Good you're point. a hitter first guy, you start to, to look a little bit better on both sides of the ball. You could tell defensively he was setting his feet a little bit more. He was following his throw to first base. Those throws were chest high. Those are the really good throws. That'll tell you he's feeling a little frisky to play. Dante's right. It's it's almost like whenever these guys struggle, they know exactly what they're doing. It's just it takes them a little while because the pitching's so good to figure out how to. Dante said today that Bo was dropping the back shoulder. He was barrel was dipping underneath the baseball. It had nothing to do with he wasn't on time and the leg kick wasn't, you know, he wasn't kicking it on time. It had nothing to do with that. It just was that back shoulder was dipping and it made the barrel go below the baseball. And you could tell it was looked a little bit like that. He looked a little bit more level today. He looked like his finish was good. Uh, he was balanced, which for me is a little bit better deal. Tell you that he's feeling a little bit better at the plate. He's got some more confidence. Now, if you could just get Vladdy going, might be something to watch. 3-2, the Yankees took the first of three games against the Toronto Blue Jays. They will do it again tomorrow night with Alec Manoa on the mound. We will take a break. Blue Jays baseball is brought to you by Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side. Blue Jays baseball is brought to you by Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side in the I wouldn't necessarily say that anybody's wild side was fed tonight. 
Kevin Barker, but uh, <laughs> it was interesting. After all that, the, the pitching we've seen this weekend, it's like change up, change up, change up, curve, change up, change up. It was, it was, it was an interesting, interesting experience after seeing everything the Astros and the Jays threw at us to see Stripling and Jordan Montgomery. I kind of like Jordan Montgomery, but got to get to the standings with the win. The Yankees are seventeen and six. Uh, Toronto is uh, fifteen and nine. Tampa Bay is twelve and ten. The Red Sox are nine and fourteen. Baltimore is eight and fifteen. And uh, as always, those were the Bet Three Six Five standings update. Bet Three Six Five is the world's favorite sports book with sixty three million members worldwide. Nineteen plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. The Yankees have won ten in a row, and uh, it doesn't really matter. They're they're. Two and a half games up in the Jays right now, but it's not even the second week of May, so I don't even know why I mentioned that, to be honest. Jimmy Garcia, Kevin. He was going to be needed tonight in a close game. Jordan Romano is down after his workload against Houston. That's no surprise. We suspected that going into the game. He hit 97 tonight. At least once, there may have been a, an, another 97-mile-an-hour pitch, but I saw I saw him hit 97 at least once. He did. It looked like, to me, anyhow, I don't know what you saw. It looked like it was a, was it a hanging slider that... Uh, curveball. Uh, sorry, curveball that uh, was hit by Glaber Torres to drive in, drive in the, the go-ahead and ultimately the winning run. I mean, we've talked about this. Jordan Romano, American League reliever of the month, with 11 saves, big workload. It appears as if this team is going to play a lot of one-run games. They do need, they need that other guy out of the out of the bullpen. And and hey, listen, you know Jimmy Garcia has been has been fine at times this year. He's had a couple of shaky outings. Just kind of suggest to me though, Kevin. Like, I I don't I don't know what the plan is for Nate Pearson. But I'm looking at that situation, and if Nate Pearson is on this team, I mean, I don't know if I throw him in the leverage situation right away, but if this is August, I, I'm hoping I got a guy like Nate Pearson or somebody like that that I can run in on the days where I don't where I don't need Romano or I can't. Maybe use Jimmy Romano. Jimmy Jimmy Garcia just is a small sample size, and, and what you've noticed a little bit is where his arm slot is. He's a thrower, not a pitcher, and he has a lot of pitches. Like, he's got a curveball, a slider, a changeup, a sinker, a four-seamer. That's a lot for a, a high-leverage eighth- and ninth-inning guy to think that you can come out and consistently have the arm slot that he has and locate. And when you got decent hitters at the end of the game who don't want to get to nasty secondary pitches, what are you going to be looking for? Stuff right down the middle. And if you're trying to flip early stuff and early counts to decent hitters like Torres, yeah, he's not a great hitter. He's a decent hitter. He's starting to get high. He's got some confidence you can tell mechanically he's thinking right center he's driving down through the baseball he's he's got a nice little feel to it and you got to make some decent pitches just what i've noticed i like his stuff he throws hard enough his stuff moves enough it's just maybe he's got too many pitches i think that for me at least a couple of bad outings that he's had he flirts around with a couple of different fastballs, a changeup, and two different breaking balls. It's a lot. Unless David Phelps, who has better mechanics, who has a better arm slot that's repeatable, it's a little bit more over, straight over the top, which you can have that ball go basically where you want it to go. And he's not so much a stuff guy. He's more of a location guy. 
Am I worried about him? Probably not. I mean, they, they're going to keep giving him the baseball, but I think in these big situations, maybe he's a little bit better in the eighth inning than he is in the ninth inning. 590, 590 is the text line, and as I suspected, a couple of you have got thoughts about the decision not to pinch run for Alejandro Kirk, and again, the usual caveat that we don't know exactly the health status of everybody, but you know, I certainly looked to me like Bradley Zimmer when he was in the dugout. Anyhow, uh, Terry and St. Catharines, hate to say it, but this one is on Montoyo. He's been solid all season, but he should have put a runner in for Kirk in the seventh. I mean, you can make that case again. I don't know if even Bradley Zimmer scores from first base on that, that ball. I, I guess it's possible. All I know is in that situation, I've got another catcher in the game. I got another catcher on the bench if anything happens. Alejandro Kirk is there to DH. Uh, to me, at that point, given the way this, this game has gone, I think you go for it. I think you try to be a little proactive. And as I said, if you got somebody with a little bit of speed in there, Barker pointed out, you upset the rhythm of the pitcher, maybe get the pitcher thinking about the guy at first base, or you've got Espinal and Tapia coming out, and maybe you can... Maybe you can put something on there. You know, that, three, that, three things, that's just me. Three things for me. If the Blue Jays were hitting with runners in scoring position or hitting better with runners on base, you don't Good point. change that. You you take your chances with some better with some guys who are trying to put the bat on the baseball and can use the entire field, but they're not. And and then you got a super slow guy at first base. And oh by the way, you got one of the nastiest bullpens in baseball. They come a flinging it. I mean it's stuff and you got a bunch of right-handed hitters and that's a lot to put on guys that are thinking that you can string together a couple of hits to score a guy from first who's not a very fast runner for me it just doesn't make a ton of sense if Zimmer is healthy 100% in my mind that is I don't want to say all on Charlie but you would think you would want to put a little bit of pressure just because of all the things that are going on and who you're facing Zimmer Zimmer played yesterday and he got three at-bats. Now, he was hit by a pitch. I, I, I don't know if that would necessarily have anything to do with that decision uh, with that decision one way or another. But, I mean, that is the caveat, right? That is the caveat that uh, you always have to be uh, – you always have to consider. Andrew and Kitchener wants to know, when is this Kirk as DH experiment going to end? Who's next Zimmer is DH? Well, Andrew, I hate to say this, but if it wasn't Alejandro Kirk, it was probably going to be it's probably going to be Bradley Zimmer. They, they don't – it's not like there's a lot of options there. And Alejandro Kirk, Alejandro Kirk, remember, Alejandro Kirk got to the majors because of his bat, period. That's why he was up here last year. Now, his defense behind the plate has been much better, much better than a lot of people expected it would be, and I raised my hand in that, in, in that end as well. I love his work behind the plate, but he was here because of his bat, and... There's not a whole hell of a lot of other options there right now. There, there, there just isn't. You, know, you got to keep in mind there's no Teoscar, there's no Danny Jansen. So um, second-guessing Alejandro Kirk is DH, uh, I, I, I don't know. I have a bigger issue with the decision to pinch run, although, again, I will. Um, I'm sure Charlie has an explanation for it. I'm sure he didn't forget Zimmer. Let's put it that way. I'm sure there was an explanation. Um, there was an explanation for what happened. Let's touch a bit on Ross Stripling, Kevin. Loved. This is this is why I said a little earlier, right now, I have more confidence in Ross Stripling than I do in Kikuchi or Ryu, frankly. 
love the way he went at the Yankees today. I, you know, they're having a hard time with the changeup. If, if, if they can't square it up, they're having problems with it. Keep throwing it. Like, I just love the way he went at that lineup. He's throwing his curveball a little bit slower, too, if you've noticed. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, that's so he can control it. It's not a, a strike-to-ball pitch. He wants to, to get ahead with it. He wants to throw him for strikes. I love the way he's, he when he throws his changeup. Now, we saw him throw three or four in a row to certain guys yep. because he could tell the they just weren't picking it up out of the hand. He's hiding the ball very well. His mechanics are sound enough that he can repeat delivery, which I think gives it was him a Rizzo. He basically He basically fed Rizzo change-ups the entire game he had five change-ups the strikeout of Aaron Judge in the third inning at five change-ups if you notice too when he throws it like say he's throwing it to a righty which he he was throwing a couple to Stanton he would throw a slider going one way he'd throw the change-up going sink with a different speed mm-hmm. another way that's called pitching and all of a sudden you're starting to see with the slower breaking ball the change-ups that he can throw he can sort of say okay team doesn't have doesn't like a certain pitch. I got a couple of pitches here just because I'm mechanically sound enough now and I'm I'm figured some things out not tipping pitches and I have some confidence in my catcher that I don't always have to call the game. He can help me along with those kind of things that we can get a little bit of a rhythm that way. You got to like what he does. I, we said this before that he gives them a chance most of the time to get to the fifth inning and maybe not have to use certain guys coming out of the bullpen. And I held my breath with Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton's made some adjustments. <clears throat> May not be fair of me to say what I said today on Blair and Barker that his job was to not have Trent Thornton come in the game. But if you want to beat the Yankees, probably not going to do it a ton of times with guys like Trent Thornton coming in the game. I'd rather have David Phelps coming in to the top of the order, which is exactly mm-hmm. what happens. Now, I understand why they were getting Thornton loose because they were oh, going yeah. to let I him. Do, I do, too. I, well, they were going to let him pitch to the bottom of the order, and then they yeah. were going to bring Phelps into the top of the order. So they sort of had it lined up, but just so happens that Ross Stripling got through that, that part of the order. Now you can bring in David Phelps, and he could do his thing one through five, which is exactly what he did. I, again, get back to Ross. He he does everything he needs to do to do to you know help them win games or help them get through certain parts of the season that they're having a little hiccup doing. And you got to you got just got to love the way he goes out there and attacks the attacks certain teams. Yeah, he's got a good hitting team. It's not yeah. the easiest thing to go out there. He's throwing a little bit harder tonight, but it's mainly ninety two, ninety three. You got to be perfect. With that you got to love what, be unpredictable. I love what I saw you got to have a good change up with some sink to it. You got to be. You got to have a little deception, which is what he had. That that delivery now is repeatable. It's hard to pick up the baseball out of his hand. You can tell that's that's because that 93 looks a tick harder. You can tell by the way they were swinging at it. And he throws enough strikes now, Jeff, with the secondary pitches that it makes that fastball even much better because he can use it all parts of the strike zone. And now he can elevate it with two strikes. I'm with you. Ryu can take his time now. I'm okay with that. Uh, if you missed it a little earlier in the telecast, I know that Dan and Joe mentioned this. Teoscar Hernandez is going down to Dunedin. He is actually, I believe he's on his way to Dunedin. And uh, he will get in a couple of games down there and probably rejoin the team in Cleveland. So that would suggest to me that the Dunedin Blue Jays, Kevin, they're going to have some good food at some point in the next few days, right? Major leaguer goes down. Absolutely. Major leaguer goes down. He feeds the minor leaguers. It's, it's tradition, isn't it? Every, every day you're getting out back or you're you're getting something nice where you you know you have to get steak get some lobster get some you know it's not mcdonald's which is normally what they're going to eat because they can't afford anything else yep. so yeah it's kind of nice to see that but it, I, I gotta be honest with you when i watch this team this lineup the way they attack at bats teoscar needs to hurry up he needs to hurry up get back in this lineup just by facing lefties 
how he how he can hit lefties, how he can use the entire field, how he's a threat, the way they would have to maneuver through it a little bit easier than always when push comes to shove. I just ain't going to give Laddie nothing to hit. Well, they ain't going to do that with Teoscar hitting behind him. Yep. And now all of a sudden your lineup's longer. It makes it tougher to pitch to everybody. So for me, when we say that maybe we don't give Teoscar enough credit and we don't talk about him enough, well, maybe we should start because you're seeing this lineup now. They're easier to pitch to with them not in it. Yeah, it, it's yeah, without question. And it, if 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 this is a sign that Bo is kind of getting back to the Bo we know, you know, this could fit in nicely. Teoscar coming back now, Lourdes, who I, I'll give Lourdes credit. I think Lourdes has Lourdes has done about what I expected, filling in at, at cleanup. I, I will give him credit for that. He has, I think, he's held the fort. But now, man, you get Teoscar in there, suddenly Lourdes is a little more comfortable. That makes Chapman a little more comfortable. Let's hey, be they, honest. If, if, if they can beat Kevin, if they're 15-9, and nine, if they can split the next two games and be 16-10 and 10 going into the Guardian series, I'm good with that. Let's I'm be honest. Every time, every time Lourdes is standing over there and he sees the, the Wysica pitching around Blatty when he throws 100 yeah. bazillion miles an hour, and then you got to go up and try to hit power sink at 99 miles an hour because they'd rather pitch to you than that guy, it's a lot of pressure. You know, Lourdes is a good hitter. He, he's a good line-to-line when he's going well. He can see inside-out baseballs. He's a good breaking ball hitter. He can hit velocity when everything's going the right way. But he's not an aircraft carrier. Yeah, he's a complimentary player, and they need Teoscar back exactly what you were saying. Now everybody can fall in place. If Lourdes, they want to hit him fifth, it's just a nicer spot for him. Now if they want to hit, I don't know, Kirk sixth and, and Chapman seventh or Tapia sixth and Chapman seventh, now it's just sort of like everybody's exactly where they should be. Yeah, right that's now six. it just looks to me like everybody's sort of put pressing and trying to do too much and, and trying to hit a three-run homer with nobody on base. It just it just doesn't look right. It's going to look a lot better when Tausker gets back. Yes, that sixth-inning double play was uh, was huge. It, it, Bo did end up in third base in the double play, then Matt Chapman came up and uh, – and, and and struck out, but that was a uh, that was that was a big at bat. But yeah, as I said, you're right. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to me, he's a complimentary player on a very good team. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. There, there are a lot of guys have had long productive major league careers being complimentary guys. Um, and and as I said though, I I give the dude credit because he was given a lot of responsibility with uh, with Teoscar's absence and. Um, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised anymore because I, I just think he's, I, I, I think Lourdes is a guy that a lot of us, and I put my hand up here again, I think have been a little slow coming around on. I look at Gurdis, Lourdes Gurriel as trade bait. I've looked at him as trade bait for the last, the last three years. And, and I think I've, I've not given him his due, but I, I, I'll give him credit for, for trying to hold the fort here. I really I do too. I, on the flip side of that too. I think when, when Teoscar's in the lineup, him and Vladdy, sort of feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. Teoscar's trying to be just like Vladdy. Vladdy wants to do more than Teoscar. Teoscar's sort of like the the big father figure of of all the Latinos over there in that corner, and they look up to him. Like they want to, you know, it's sort of a competition between all of them, and I think him just being out of the lineup sort of, not by the protection part of it. We've had enough people on that says that's that's not an excuse anymore. Like if you're a good hitter, when you get a good pitch, you should be hammering those pitches no matter who's hitting around you, and I sort of believe in that too. It's that old saying, right, if you can't hit a break, 
breaking ball. It really don't matter where you're hitting in the lineup. It's that's mm-hmm. it's that sort of kind of thing. But with Teoscar in there, it's just like they're standing on the on deck circle together. They talk about attacking certain pitchers together in the same kind of way because you're going to pitch Teoscar sort of the same way you're pitching Vladdy. And it's that little, you know, competition back and forth between those two guys. And I think that pushes Flatty. And I really do think the sooner Teoscar gets back, you'll start to see the better the better Vladdy just because of all those reasons. And, you know, quite frankly, because he's a really good hitter. But I just noticed it a little bit more when push comes to shove is when runners are in scoring position, you need that guy. And right now they sort of don't have that guy. 3-2, the New York Yankees take the first game of this three-game set. Game two, tomorrow night, 7-0-7. 5-90, the fan in Sportsnet. Jays are 15-9, the Yankees 17-6. Yankees have won 10 in a row. Alec Manoa's on the mound tomorrow night. Fear not, Jays fans. Blair and Barker will be on from 10 to noon Eastern tomorrow on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. We will be back with Blue Jays talk immediately following tomorrow night's game as well thanks for listening to blue jays baseball served up by the always game ready jack links meat snacks feed your wild side baseball fans